When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. We're putting an episode out on a Thursday because it's National Poetry Day. And so our guest today is the the wonderful Charlie Cox. And it was an absolute, it was a an honour and a privilege to chat with Charlie. And it was wonderful to read her new book, Validate Me, which is out today, the 3rd of October. I would, str- I strongly recommend it. It's a little bit embarrassing that I was sat in the podcast booth, uh, one leg crossed over the other, holding Validate Me, reading poetry out loud as Charlie walked towards me. So uh, quite the first impression I made there. Um, This is, I know I'm biased, but this is a really wonderful episode. Charlie was just uh, so open and honest. Uh, We talk about her having bipolar we talk about what that is like. That was really insightful. Uh, we talk about uh, the process of creating uh, a book such as Validate Me. I cannot, I, I can't recommend uh, Charlie enough. I know she's doing a, a, a tour at the moment, and I can't recommend the book enough. So um, it was, it was, as I say, a real joy to meet her. Uh, and this is a, a, a really beautiful episode. So I uh, hope you enjoy on National Poetry Day uh, the wonderful Charlie Cox. Uh, Charlie Cox. So I'm just going to get this out in the open. What what I'd done was I'd every time I loved a poem, I folded a corner of a page. But that no, 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 wait for it. And then all I was doing was folding the corner of every page in oh, the book. Um, that what, will uh, actually make me cry. <laughs> Thank you. What an incredible, uh, what an incredible body of work this is. Uh, we'll get the falling question out of the way. How, when you are, you one of these people? So, the, so one end of the spectrum, I think it's Nicole Kidman cannot cannot revisit a piece of work once mm-hmm. it's done. The opposite end of the spectrum, apparently Samuel L. Jackson. There is nothing he loves more than watching himself. Yeah, he's got oh. a thing programmed on his TV <laughs> that every time there's a Samuel L. Jackson film on. Yes, yes, please, and loves it, and so wow. I admire both of them yeah. equally. Where where do where do you stand on that spectrum? When this first comes out, are you able to revisit this? I'm going to say something that I will absolutely get killed for by either management, publicist, or the publisher, but I actually haven't read it through yet. Um, 
because I'm so scared of what that will feel like. And all the poems are, I mean, as poetry is, it's such a pointed, vignetted look at a very specific feeling at a very specific time. And it is quite scary to look back on that. And I don't know if I'm fixed from it yet. I'm a bit nervous to see if there's still some trauma lurking waiting to smack me around the face as I open up to page 15. And I'm, oh God. I'm not, not quite ready for it yet. I mean, I will have to be in the next couple of days. But yeah, I, I don't really edit my own work either. So once I've written a poem, that is it. That's it done. There's, the, there's a Sean Connery film called Finding Forrester. And he has this, he has this nugget of wisdom, which I live by to this day. And he says, write the first draft with your heart, the second draft with your head. Mm. Do you, do you, are you put purely first draft? Given it's poetry, given you're bearing your soul, is it just a case of the first draft and then, and then send it? Yeah, it's, well, I mean, all I'm really doing is purging thought from my brain and seeing what kind of shape it comes out in and sort of marvelling at it going, oh, wow, that was a really painful feeling in my body that I couldn't quite articulate or I couldn't quite imagine and now it's a tangible thing that I can make decisions over so do I go oh I've got that feeling out now I can forget about it do I have to look at it and think "Mm, I should be a bit concerned about that or do I think that might be helpful to someone else well how does it feel to have such a, a special talent where people around the world Read, read, read your work, and you've been able to articulate a feeling for them. Is that is that a is that a burden or a, or a blessing? Um, I'm for, I'm right. I'm 41. I'm married. I have children. I'm reading things in this book, uh, and you know, practically. I mean, you saw me when you walked in. I was sat. It read, was beautiful. It was, was such a lovely moment. Was, you looked so poised. <laughs> I was sat, and I've been here for some time. It wasn't like oh, quick, I need to pose for you know. So I'd, I was sat reading out loud. So even. You know, at my age, you're you're able to. This that sounds patronising. I don't mean it that way at all. No, thank but you. But to have such a gift to be able to articulate such things, I just think how remarkable. You know, That's do you, so lovely. How how does that feel? Because I I know that you do have people all over the world saying the same thing. Th- thank you for saying the thing that I can't say. Um, what, what on earth is that like? It's really bizarre. And sure, I. It's really bizarre. I mean, you can't see, but my shoulders are pretty much they are. touching my ears. It makes me feel wildly uncomfortable. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I can't do praise. Stop being nice to me. Um, I I just wasn't expecting it. I know that's such a boring response. Of, I just had no idea people were going to like me. But I really didn't. They These are all thoughts and feelings that were so burdensome and effectively destroying my life they were eating away at my brain and I to a point of being bed bound and not leaving the house and quitting jobs and and writing them out as poetry was my only saving grace and I think when I first started sharing it it was quite frightening but it was the most freeing experience where I was literally releasing catharsis and it was it was as though, okay, that thought and feeling was a really big part of my life and was really painful, but it can go now and it can be somebody else's to look at. And 
almost knowing that because it's now no longer mine, I don't necessarily have to feel it again, which is very optimistic. But to see so many people come back and say, oh my God, yeah, I've been through that. Or, oh my God, that makes so much sense of what my best friend is going through but won't talk about. Or, ah, oh, that is something that I went through at 16. Or my favourite thing is older women, women in their 70s, who I feel so mortified if I see them at a performance and I think, oh no, I'm going to swear at you and talk about my vagina and it's just quite affronting. And they go, oh, I remember that. And you're like, wow. And then I think, how stupid that we could ever think that any thought or feeling that we've had is unique to us. It's not. It's all, it's all been done before. It will all be done again. And the most personal is the most universal. Absolutely. In my experience as well, uh, older people, 70 plus, uh, are often the, with performance, <laughs> Sorry. often like the, the best value because, you know, they, they've lived a life, they have a voice, they are <laughs> ludicrously ignored, even though they're the very people know, that we should be listening to, you know. The oracles of our world. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What do you know with your wisdom? Um so it's not. It's fair to say that uh, I mean poetry has has been a. It's been salvation, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it's um, it is my lifeline, which yeah is quite a heavy statement to make. But Lord knows where I would be had I not found that as a coping mechanism, because it, I don't think it would be a very nice place, and I know it wouldn't be a very oh, nice place. Charlie. But it's just it's and reading poetry, it's. I find even still if I'm in a really dark part of depression, not that there's really any light in depression, but when it's really bad, I can't read and I love reading. But when your depression is so bad you cannot read. And I just it's the the oh god, it's such a big book and what if I don't finish it and what if I get in there and it's I don't understand or and you know it's it's totally ludicrous, but Poetry is so non-committal because you can pick up a collection and read one poem and that feels like an achievement. And you can pick up a collection and you don't have to like it all. You only have to like three and that book is still a really wonderful thing on your shelf. And yeah, something about knowing that other people have gone through shit is really helpful. Um, and also knowing that people have spotted things that... and. I don't know. I mean, I never used to like nature poems, but now I find them really useful. Sure. Like, oh, I can't really make any sense of my surroundings at the moment because I feel so awful. But this man's written a lovely poem about what the tree looked like in autumn and how that made him feel and how it made him think of his first love. So maybe there's some hope. Maybe I just need to go and stare at a tree for a bit longer. But does that make sense? It does, it does. It really helps ground you and, and draw back like the beauty of reality in the pain of it have you got people from the poetry world thanking you for help no, take are you quite, joking quite, quite the opposite. oh my god what is wrong with people but they should be I'm sorry that was not the answer i was expecting surely they should be on bended knee saying thank you for opening up this no because of course i am a young woman that uses the internet so i am the devil <laughs> It's so boring. Pull my jumper fully over my head. <laughs> it's um yeah. I know. I there, there is there is some balance. Slowly, I think it's because they're realizing they cannot get away 
with being so cruel and crass without going, it's actually a bit sexist. Oh, it's a bit ageist, isn't it? Oh, you're being a bit classist there. Um, and then, of course, I get chucked the, oh, what millennial? Of course, we're guilty of something. Um, no, they really don't like it. So my biggest gripe is I'm referred to as an insta-poet, which is a load of bollocks. <laughs> because you wouldn't call Tennyson a book poet. And, I mean, and also, where do you even start? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's really frustrating. Um, and yeah, they just think that there's no form, there's no real cadence, there's no understanding of the craft, it's not real literature. Um, what are we doing to our beautiful, beloved art form when we're letting these kids run wild and do whatever they want? And like, really sorry, but do you know anything about beat poets? Or do you know anything about Orwell or... These weren't academics sat in their cushy big stucco houses in Notting Hill. They were drunks in pubs. You know, so why is it suddenly not okay for me as a young woman to go, yeah, world's a bit shit, isn't it? Oh, how dare you do that in our art? <laughs> like, all right, Keith. But, I mean, there should be gratitude, though, shouldn't there? Because yeah. you will be... People will be getting it, whether these people like it or not, people will be getting into poetry be- because of you. Yeah, and it's and it's st- statistically accurate. You know, I think the sales last year were up 49%, um, and those figures were coming from young women. And so, you know, you can say what you like about, oh, well, um, they were buying, you know, stuff that we don't think is very good. That's fine. Like, you know, you don't have to like my work, but... That's also a gateway into going, wow, actually, I understand poetry. Maybe poetry is for me. Oh, I'd love to I'd love to maybe have the confidence to go and pick up Plath now. Where sure. before, you know, and it, it is frustratingly, poetry is a really classist thing and it has been for so long. Is it, you know, you're expected to be really smart or really rich to to get it. Um and I I think that is such a shame because some of the best poetry, and particularly now, are written by people of colour, are written by gay people, are, you know, are written by women. And these are voices that have the power to influence and change and, and make you feel a lot less lonely as a young person. But for as long as, yeah, the big societies are going, down with the children! <laughs> a bit of a shame and, and also the, the, the proof is in sorry the... that was a real rant no no i mean really no god me. no i got i mean i, I got I, I got very upset up top there but i mean the proof is in the pudding because the, the the way you've the way you are scraping people's souls in the greatest way possible i mean surely that's that's an achievement not something to be knocked down you know yeah it's um i had it I'm sure you're not supposed to talk about bad reviews publicly, but I had a really bad review the other week. And I some of my favourite reviews of my work are one-star reviews um, because I find them quite funny. So some reviews, the ones that I find funny are the ones... Where they just don't really make any sense. Or they're basically just saying it, well, it wasn't... It wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, some reviewers shouldn't... Oh, this sounds terrible... There was a review. No, now I need to be very, very careful. <laughs> no, there was a review recently, and all the way through, it was saying the you know the crowd loved it. It went down a storm, but it was still a it was still quite a bad review. So you, you're you, like, huh? and you're, you know you know mm. um, I don't know what you're talking about actually. So sorry, go for it. 
No, it's uh, it was in a an Oxford University paper, and it was a whole thing about how um, they were comparing me to Plath off their own accord, and then saying, "But she'll never be her." <laughs> sure. and I was like, "Yeah, good." The woman died. <laughs> like, I don't want to be in an abusive relationship with my head in the oven. So, thank God, I will never be Plath. But sure. also, how dare you castigate me? against a woman who has was diagnosed with the same mental illness that I have she also had bipolar um I have personally had suicidal intentions in the past so has she unfortunately you know she died before she could see the amazing success of her work and I am so conscious and aware of the fact that I talk about these things that there is a level of responsibility of okay well actually this is quite important and now people are listening what can we do about it you know Plath would have done that she didn't get the chance to sure so don't just say I'm yeah. a shit writer and, but you know she shops on Net-A-Porter so she can't be a literary great like for the love of God yes I like wearing nice clothes sometimes I take a photo of that but, but, but what's it got to do with my work what's your point yeah absolutely what's your point <laughs> but I mean, I mean that must be I mean that's a great thing that you are able to enjoy this, that this, you know, you are yeah. able to, you know, I'm able to hold this book up in Ooh. front of you, and that, you know, it's so exciting. The, you know, there is um, the, the the Charlie Cox train, you know, it's only gathering more and more momentum, and the fact that you are sat here able to appreciate all this wonderment. I mean, that's a that's a that's a great thing. That must be a really Thank gratifying you. thing. It's really mad actually seeing you with a copy of the book. It's hot, hot off the press, um, <laughs> and yeah, I really didn't think I'd finish it. It was maybe one of the hardest things I've ever done, which sounds really melodramatic. But um, second album syndrome is really second Ill. album syndrome. And yeah, I've never it's I've never had my passion tested before in such a way, which is really interesting. I've never sort of really had to go. Do I really love doing this? Because I don't feel that happy right now. <laughs> um, and of course, I do. I absolutely love it. But my God. Writing it was hard. How did you? How did you get nudged into poetry? Was it a? Was it an organic pull, or was it you know? Um, what happened there? I've always written poems um, ever since you could... ever since I can remember. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I don't, I don't think I ever knew that that's what I was doing. I wasn't that sort of. I wasn't a child laying in bed with a bottle of whiskey and a cigarette, like, oh, and then for my next one, I'm going to write. I just feel too much, mummy. Leave me alone with my thoughts. Dictating to your yeah. mum. Yeah. Mother, write this down. It's very poignant. <laughs> this will make you a lot of money one day if you keep it. Um, no, I, I remember trying to convince my granddad that I'd written The Owl and the Pussycat, and bless him, he let me believe that he thought that I'd written it for years. Um... I just love the neatness of rhyme. There's something really fun about it. And yeah, the rhythm and the like the musicality of words. I love. I'm a massive geek. I just love words. Um and I found it really it's as a kid I just found it as such a nice accomplishment to know that you could finish something it didn't have to be that long or it didn't have to be that short and nobody could decide if it was right or if it was wrong it was just an expression sure and it was done um and then as i got older it was a really useful tool for going i really fancy tim in the year above me i'm just breaking my heart and there was something great about that 
there's something you know beautifully cathartic about writing about boys still is unfortunately <laughs> um and then you know years years go on and then i was hit with a lot of sad stuff and it totally became a form of therapy i never in a million years thought that that would be my career <laughs> when did you, when did you realize hang on a minute i i'm actually i've got something here um, was that was that almost instant Mm, no I've just always loved it and I think if you usually if you really enjoy doing something it's probably because you're all right at it um I mean so I used to think that there's a mate well I I, because I have the the same theory one of my best mates he listens Alan how are you so that is my theory he's the worst golfer (laughs) you've ever seen in your life there is nothing that man loves more than playing golf you know when I'm watching I'm thinking how are you enjoying that? You know, this is yeah. breaking my heart. Oh. But, um, oh well. But what, oh no, I mean, sorry that you found out this way, Al. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's quite, quite cruel. Brutal. Probably, I'll, I'll be seeing you at the weekend. Um, but, but when do you, when do you realize that this is, that not only are you good, but you, I mean, I don't know, I don't, I'm trying to, I'm putting so much pressure on you, Charlie. I apologize. No. Not only are you good, but you, you, you're actually, uh, you have something special. You know, you've got that lightning it's in a so bottle. It's so lovely to me. It's re- I just want to hide under the <laughs> table. I'm looking for exit routes for blushing. Um, thank you so much, really. Um, I I, th- I guess it came about in a way where <laughs> I used to get really drunk and stand on my friend's sofas and make them listen to my poems. <laughs> and it would only ever happen when I was really drunk. That's amazing. That's, amazing. That's brilliant. <laughs> and I go, guys, listen to this one. I'm like, oh God, here she goes again. It's another one about being sad. <laughs> Way to get, wait to get a party. <laughs> oh, turn oh, the music God. off. Charlie, Charlie's had a drink. Oh, <laughs> like, guys, you must listen. <laughs> yeah, hang on. A taxi, please. Yeah. When, when she's finished the next one. Yeah. Ten minutes, yeah. Then, yeah, it's me again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, who invited her? Um, and, oh, it's so bad. I've, you know what? I've never quite realised how much of an awful friend I'm Um But they would often i hope were funny or they would be you know very um nostalgic of an hour ago of where i've been like guys just sat in the toilet and written this poem about how much i love you all or about this night that we've just had and i just sound like such an awful human being when i say that but uh, yes what i did and would stand on the sofa and read it and they'd all go oh really lovely or that was quite funny or how do you do that yeah. like, what do you mean how do you do that how do you because that's my that, that would be one of my questions actually and like, i get a bit how, get it all the time how do you time. do it i'm like i don't know just do it and which is so unhelpful um but i think because i've always done it i've always loved doing it so it's a hobby in the same way you know when you watch people paint things you're like whoa how do you do that like years and years and years of doing it <laughs> It's just sort of like second nature to process my feelings in that lens, and and also, but also like you know, if you think of the, you know, the Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hour mm. rule, the book Outliers, I think, isn't it? it? There must be some of that as well. I I I guess. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, no there's, one's, there's an accidental ten thousand hours in there for sure. Um, but I, it it feels weird that it's my job now. Suddenly having to write on demand is a bit spooky. Well, in that case, so already is there? Have they asked for book number three? Um, well, 
when book number two came about, they went, okay, you've got three months. And I went, oh, yeah, that's fine. Three months is fine. I write all the time. Of course I can do that. Oh, my God, another book? Really? Yeah, it's fine. It's pouring out of me. Ah, it's just... Guys, shh. (laughs) Thoughts. Um, And then I went, oh, hang on. I, I wrote She Must Be Mad over 10 years of my life accidentally. I didn't know that I was writing a book. Sure. Um, that was all just, you know, me wanting to die and stuff. So you know, that kind of happened on its own accord. Um, <laughs> and then having to do this, I went, oh, that's that's new. That's hard. But also really good for me, I yes. think. And was really trying to remember that I don't write for other people, I write for myself. And that's why people like it, is because there is an authenticity in the feeling. It's not pop culture, I think you're like this because it's salacious. Or um, I'm hoping to be on the cusp of, you know, understanding Brexit. Or sure. it's never been about that. It's just about me feeling a bit lonely <laughs> talking to my phone. Um, so having to do that in a quick way quite hard but i guess that's that's how you um but then life is also hard sure which is quite useful being a poet <laughs> sure as soon as it starts to get easy people worry but i mean that, all the great artists have i'm not saying that you sat down and deliberately did this but all the great artists have amassed a following because they wrote for themselves rather than mm. thinking what the people wanted and i guess that's how it works isn't it yeah and yeah, I I think all the best stuff that was that has been written and will be written have been from writers that did not care whether their work would get praised or not. Sure. And that's really interesting now in you know the the current climate of culture of please like me and that's why the book is called Validate Me. Validate um me. because I suddenly realized as I was writing this I had no perception of who I was as a person anymore. I'd suddenly had a year of my life where I was being so performative to people I didn't know. And any time I was feeling such intensity or where I would ordinarily have picked up a poem or I'd have written or I was scrolling on Instagram and I was trying to dull and dumb out my own feelings with the most pointless distraction. Um, And we all do it on lesser or greater scales um but yeah i God, yeah. i had a whole whole well probably a whole life but definitely a whole solid year of just being like please like me love me validate me please like my picture why hasn't you looked at my stories yet oh i know i'm in a relationship but this person hasn't swiped right on tinder oh was my tweet funny why am i now thinking in tweets why is everything i do a tweet where is my own sense of validation within this? I, and uh, yeah, so I wrote a book about it. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, but I mean, hopefully this, this, that I mean, that this will the process of writing this and creating it and and the feedback you're getting from fanboys like me. Love you. I mean, that's a that's a that's a healthy form of validation, isn't it? Yeah. Because you're using your art to express yourself and you're helping people. Yeah. I hope so. You know, and I think also from for me. Um, I was so, or I mean, I still am a little bit wrapped up in second album syndrome and thinking, well, will people like it? Is it going to disappoint people? And then now it's kind of a case of, 
oh, do you know what? Actually, it doesn't matter because it's been a really tough year. <laughs> it's been pretty touch and go all year and I wasn't quite expecting it to be so touch and go and just as I was supposed to deliver the book I had a breakdown and I was like oh I'm gonna have to hand back a huge chunk of money to a publisher and disappoint those people uh, including myself and not write this book um and knowing that I had to write this really got me through it and so now it's you know it's all a bit peripheral if if it's if it's liked that's wonderful if not it's just a lovely tangible piece on my bookshelf that says oh you survived that here's here's a monolith of strength <laughs> well, well i say this with love in my heart my favorite band ever pearl jam right mm-hmm. 10 the first album mm-hmm. it's a great album I'm not denying it's not a great album it's a great album versus the second album is a better album oh. okay you're in pearl jam territory my yeah! friend <laughs> Um, I need you to follow me around all day. Do you want to be me- my friend? With a megaphone. <laughs> You're doing Char- fine! <laughs> Charlie, that, that ad lib you did ten minutes ago, it's really stayed with me. <laughs> the hairs on my arms stood up. And they still are. <laughs> touch them. They're standing to attention. Don't touch them. People are watching us. So, I mean, you, you've, you've, talk, you, you've talked about, obviously you've written about and talked about mental health. I'm a... Regular listeners will know I'm a huge advocate of therapy. I'm a huge advocate of most things, to be, to be honest with you. <laughs> Same. What, what, what have you done on that? I don't use the word journey because I know oh, I'm no, not Simon fine. Cowell, but you know, oh, isn't it? Well, it's, it's so hard to talk about, isn't it? What, what have you? What, what else have you done to try um, help yourself ultimately? Stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think there's something in that. You know, um, I. I came to this realisation the other day of, wow, God, it really is a choice if you want to be alive or not, um, if you're struggling or if you have an illness or a disorder. Um, yeah, I really have to actively make a decision every morning I wake up and go, it's full 24 hours here. We're going to have to make a sturdy decision that we want to do this together. So let's really put it in you know like let's make the most of it which I know sounds so like oh god someone looking after her but I think after just so many years of feeling so awful and having been on the brink of not not greatness um it does become a choice of god we know what that looks like so you know you do have to make an active decision so how do we make it worthwhile I know I should absolutely be in therapy Let's go and find a therapist. I should probably be on some medication, really, shouldn't I? That might help. Yep. So I call my GP, much to her fury and probably annoyance. Uh, I call her twice a week and say, hey, I'm still alive. She's like, good. <laughs> like, I just need to tell you. <laughs> um, and also, is my medication good? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. And I just have loads of different checking in points now. And... That is really helpful. It's really useful to go, I need this stuff and that's okay. And that's not defeat. Defeat is not being here. So, yeah, just talk about it all the time. I'm now professionally sad for a living, which is really bizarre. (laughs) My greatest success is my sadness. And if that is not what every poet has always dreamed, it's really not all it's cracked up to be. (laughs) Do, do, Do you see a therapist as well? Yeah. Yeah, so I am in regular therapy. I'm on um, tons of medication. 
Um, which is great. I th- I think it's a real shame that in the press at the moment, there's a lot of, yeah. oh my God, so many kids on meds. It's awful. Um, Pfizer are rubbing their hands together. Like, I'm pretty sure I, I've had my life saved several times by finding medication that's worked for me. And that shouldn't be shameful. Like, I'm not reliant on it as such. I just know it makes my life easier. Sure. And heaven knows if you can do something to make your life easier when it feels like hell you should absolutely be doing that you deserve that does it um he says well swallowing down a tear there. <laughs> does it does it help you in any way when people when people tell you what what you mean to them oh, um it's just i don't it's really bizarre i can't quite get my head around it um which is so boring. I hate it when people say that. I'm like, no, oh, I had no idea that people would like me. Um, but it, it, it's now I get it. It is really true. Um, and I now <laughs> started started forwarding emails to my mum when um, I get a nice email saying, "Oh, I was having a panic attack and I picked up your book and that really helped." I'm like, "Wow, that's amazing." Um, or you know, there are lots of. There have been a lot, which is heartbreaking. And it it feels, I think what feels so grim about accepting it is a compliment or taking it as an achievement. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Achievement is that all of this is coming from people that aren't well and are really struggling and. I think it, it it feels a bit grim to go, well, I'm, I'm so happy that I could help them. Like, I'm so angry that they're in that place where they're searching to a 24-year-old girl to read her diary. Like, that that feels like a greater sadness than it does an achievement for me that these people aren't getting enough help or there isn't enough resource or information about what to do. We, we've just met, but as your friend, please take it as an, an achievement. Thanks. Don't think of your... I mean that. Don't think of your age as... I think your age is irrelevant. You've got a you, you have a special gift, and the fact that at the age of twenty four you're able to touch so many lives makes you a mm. fucking hero. Frankly, mm. so please, you know, please don't ever, Thank you. you know, don't ever. 
don't ever see it as anything other than that. I know it's easy for me to say, you know, because I'm not the one who's put the heart and soul into this book, but, um, you know... It's just weird, isn't it? Like, it's such a weird... But because when you say that, in terms of when you wake up on a morning and Mm -hmm. and you you see it as that choice, and I know that listeners will be thinking the same thing, they'll think, you know... If only Charlie, but but I don't know if that helps you. If, if, if so I'm, I'm thinking, if only Charlie knew how talented she was, what the way she can touch people's lives. But is that that's not? I'm I'm getting the impression that's not really offering much. It is. It is. It is so lovely. Um, it really is, and I think I could. I would. I would do well to remember how lovely it is more often. Um, but the. The really boring thing about so I was diagnosed with bipolar two when I was seventeen, and that sounded quite fun at the time. <laughs> um, and it's really not in that. Sometimes I'm just like, oh my god, things are really great. Why can't I enjoy it? And it's and, and, because my brain is failing me. And when I wake up and think, oh god, it is a choice. I could, and I, I have learnt this now through years of thinking, well, maybe if I was thinner or maybe if I had a boyfriend or maybe if I spent loads of money on these clothes or maybe this, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this. And it, it just never, there is never um, any truer form of validation than being healthy and well. And it is so great and so lovely that people like it. But... um no, I. It's. I, I would be fraudulent in saying the people save me, because <laughs> uh, you can only save yourself. Yes, and I think until I truly believe in my own. Because it's become therapy. <laughs> till I truly. I apologise. No, I, I truly believe in myself. Then I think I'll go. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yes, I. I. I, I really do fully. I fully get what you mean there. I. Re- I really do. Is there is there also sorry? Go on, you. Were no, no, I was going to say sure. I don't, I don't know how much sense that made. No, it, do, it it does. It makes perfect sense. Is there? A, I know this is a question that an, any artist gets a lot. Is there a? Is there ever that nagging fear that the therapy will, uh, if it's, if, oh, yeah. if you know, you know, re- will it remove the art? Will it make it all shit? I mean, personally, from what I understand, no. It, it, Sorry, I'm it, just going to pour myself a glass of water. From, well, I mean, that makes me a bad host. I mean, that makes Would me you a like terrible... A glass of water? No, 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 bless your heart. Are you sure? Um, but from, from my understanding, it it wouldn't diminish the the art. But I do appreciate that for a lot of people, mm. that's, a, that's a very real fear, isn't it? Yeah, I, I grapple with that a lot, actually. Um, with, with bipolar 2, you get highs and you get lows, sure. as, um, as we all know famously. Um, and the highs... Oh, like great I mean I would be lying if I said I don't sometimes really look forward to like oh um because you don't really have to eat you don't really sleep you think you're amazing um you know I stand in the show I'm like I'm like Jesus <laughs> uh and you can just get loads of stuff done and you have the confidence to go and do literally whatever you want um but then of course there's consequence to that like Literally, whatever you want is probably not a good thing. Um, and you spend an ordinate amount of money, and then because you're not sleeping and you're not eating, you become incredibly irritable and anxious, and then yeah. it all comes crashing down. Um, but I really worried about medicating that side of things because I thought, oh God, but 
But that's my that's my superpower. Yes, yes. I, I've been blessed with this amazing yeah. <laughs> period of my life where I have I can defy all of human function and be really good and be really liked, and I'm like I'm the jazziest person at a party. Um, and it wasn't until this year I went to um, LA to see a boy um, who we don't talk about anymore. <laughs> Although we do in this book (laughs) quite a bit. (laughs) Sorry, babe. Serves you right. (laughs) Don't break up with a poet when she's on a deadline. (laughs) What a line that is. Don't break up with a poet when she's on a deadline. Particularly when she's writing about a phone. Maybe don't do it over text. (laughs) Begging for it. Begging for it. Anyway. um, It's all fun and games. Um, It's all true. Uh, I'd gone to LA and um, doing that awful thing that you do when you get a taste of success, you want to appear really successful. So I went to LA to go and do gigs out there and thought it would be lovely to go and write my second book in Chateau Marmont. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which I did do a lot of that uh, and didn't realise that it was because I was on a high um, and I was suddenly spending all this... Like exuberant amounts of money in beautiful hotels and on expensive dinners. And I was also meeting so many people and it was incredible. I was, every night I had been broken up with and I was like, do you know what? Old Charlie would get on a flight home and call mum and be like, mum is breaking up with me, I'm so sad. Like, I'm going to cancel my flight. I'm going to stay an extra two weeks. I'm going to do this trip over. And I'm not leaving heartbroken. I'm going to redefine this place for myself. Like, I think I'm my own Richard Curtis in my own yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, and and I did. I Richard curtis my trip. I went, you know, I'm going to go to every expensive hotel bar in my nice dress and sit there and tell strangers my story and see what happens. And I did do that. Um and I was telling all my friends every day, like, oh my God, you'll never guess what happened to me last night. I met the most amazing people and could not tell these stories quick enough. And they're like, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, isn't it, isn't it amazing? And like, nobody does that, Charlie. Nobody goes and sits in bars on their own every night for two weeks and makes new friends and then goes back to their house and then cooks them dinner and then meets their mum and then visits their nan in a home. And they're like, that's not normal. And I was like, it's just because, you know, that's who I am. It's a personality thing. And they're like, and one friend went, do you think maybe you're not well at the moment? And it suddenly came crashing down. I went, oh my God, I, this is, wow. And I'd never caught myself in a high before. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. This, I'm being really stupid. Like, I'm getting in strangers' cars. I am spending more money than I own. I am in a place that I don't know. And I'm walking the streets at night like I've lived here all my life and like I can handle it. And I'm actually really vulnerable. Um, where it was really gutting. It was like, no, oh, I thought I'm a nice time. <laughs> Um, and I flew home and knew I had to finish writing this book and had a complete breakdown. Um, and when I was trying to work out why that had happened or where so much of this had come from, it really dawned on me that all of my coping mechanisms that are so innate within me that are reading, writing, um, seeing friends, cooking, I wasn't doing any of those things because I was so dependent on my phone for validation. and you know, my illness and myself is 100% to blame. 
But I definitely think it wasn't helped by being so glued to my phone and relying so heavily on that to fix me or or just to give me those quick perks during the day. Um, so, yeah, I wrote a book about it. <laughs> well, it's so, been quite the year. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you do? I'm holding my phone up in the air. What do you do with this now? Are you Is this more at arm's length? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, it's great. I... I I love my phone as a tool, and I think um, it's just sort of redefining my relationship with it. And I think we should all be a bit more conscious of it. Is that we are now very good at going, well, social media is ruining this generation, and social media is causing bullying, and social media is causing anxiety, and social. It's like, mm, but but we're the master of our own tools, and I think that it's really sort of defeatist to go. Twitter's ruining my life. You're ruining your life with Twitter. Turn it off. Um, and it's, you know, nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> People are like, so what do you do now? I'm like, I just don't look at Instagram past nine o'clock at night because nothing good happens after nine o'clock at night other than me seeing friends at a party that I wasn't invited to, um, someone being in a part of the world that looks hotter than where I currently am, someone at an expensive restaurant that I've always wanted to go to but can't afford, um, someone in a nice dress that I'd really like but I don't think I'm thin enough to wear. Yeah, you know, and then that's what I'm thinking about before I go to bed. Sure. And yeah. then all those anxieties and insecurities and comparisons are ruminating whilst I sleep. So of course I'm waking up anxious. Um and it's the same way that it's a conscious decision every morning. I'm like, yeah, I fancy being alive today. I fancy giving myself the best possible chance at feeling good about being alive. Yes. So why poison my brain? Absolutely. Knowing that that's what I'm doing. And I just don't think it's enough anymore for us to be so nonchalant, like, it's ruining my life. Do something about it. Absolutely. Because it really is. Yeah. And it's really, really, really dangerous. What, what do you do now, last thing at night, to get to... What helps you get to sleep now? Um, do you leave... So I, I'd leave my phone downstairs, absolutely. Oh, and that's you? Yeah, and that's great. That's really good. But what, what do you do? I'm not quite there yet. Oh, really? <laughs> no, still got to be in my room somewhere. It goes I... on aeroplane mode. And then I know my alarm works. Okay. I know. I'm not. I'm not an angel. No, no, no. But you're you're a, you're, you're so brilliant. I'm trying. Uh, so what what do you do? What do you do now? Because because if the reason why I ask that is um, it, the good night's sleep obviously tees up the mm. next day. Um, yeah, I'm terrible at sleeping. I'm really, really terrible at sleeping. But God, do I love it when I'm in it. Um, I I have to wear myself out, which is. Really fun. Um, sounds saucy, but I mean it. <laughs> just guys, really wear myself out. Um, I'm a right guy. I'm a right ladies. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't, sorry, it's not <laughs> come from. I just want to die and pleasure myself. <laughs> um, no, where I was going with that was <laughs> it's amazing how I can stare at my screen until I'm awake. <laughs> like I can be quite sleepy and then but I've spent so much time on my phone that I'm engrossed in something and yeah. it's actually making me more awake um whereas if I read it's amazing how quickly you really don't want to read a book when you're in bed like yeah and it's not because the book isn't good it's just because it's a bit of labor on your eyes and your brain to do so, some thinking so true because I know a lot of people say oh you, you mustn't read last thing at night but I, I'm with you the times when I start reading I'm like oh Oh fuck this! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, do you know what I'd rather do? I'd rather be asleep. <laughs> literally, rather be asleep than than read this book that I know I'm enjoying. Yeah. But nevertheless, given that my brain, really? given the two options, has gone, I'm ready for sleep yeah. now. I'm tired. Whereas you don't do that with your phone. 
you suddenly go, oh, let's go on WebMD and convince myself I've got a terminal illness. <laughs> but I think the, uh, Brett Goldstein is a comedian and actor. I he, love Brett. Yeah, he once tweeted something like uh, about staring at your phone. Um, why is staring into this uh, electric light bulb last thing at night keeping me awake? But I mean, it, ultimately, yeah. it is true, isn't it? You know. So we are. Do you know Brett then? Are, I do know Brett. Oh God, he wasn't the reason you flew to LA. <sighs> no. What a twi- <laughs> now that would have been a Richard. That would have been a twist. Ah. Oh, oh. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. No, no. I would fly to LA for Brett. He's wonderful. I would but, fly to LA for Brett. Um, I've been in LA with Brett. Have you? We have. Uh, we, we, yeah, yeah. He was, I was out there, it was when I was at another magazine, I got flown out there to interview someone and he was out there on an acting job and we, he's been a, he's been a very close friend for nearly 10 years, so we, we met up and uh, had a meal, but he's, he's a lovely chap, isn't he? He's great and his work is just so brilliant. He's brilliant. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, and very smart. Yeah, he is. Um, so right, I'm... you'll be so surprised that we've just had a lovely chat about him. Of all the of all the places he'd think that his ears could be burning from, <laughs> I really don't think it's from this little room. <laughs> um, so look, I, I'm mind, I am mindful that uh, that I I could speak with you for the next three months. So I, I'm, I'll I'll leave with quite a generic. Uh, I'm actually ashamed to ask no, this question now. Do, now, with, when it comes to creativity, do you have to? Put yourself in a in an office and make yourself work, or is it uh, just a, a a pen and a pad wherever you may travel? Oh, I like that. Um, yeah, working that out this year has been really hard. Where people have gone, oh well, why don't you just you know sit yourself down, cup of coffee? I'm like, no. And I once read a thing um, by Kat Moran who she was answering the question of writer's block. I think it was her. I'm sure it was her. She was like, I get up every morning and I write because I am a writer. That is what I do. And therefore I can't have writer's block because I'm writing. Um, I, because of the nature of what I write about, I'm really reliant on feeling. And my favourite place, and I, I think it is really helpful, is to sit in really busy places. Um, I love writing on the tube. Sometimes I just sit on the tube <laughs> with no destination because you just get so much inspiration from watching people come on and you think, oh, I wonder what their story is. I wonder what you're up to today. Yeah. Or you look a bit sad. Ah, oh, look at what you're doing with your hands as you feel a bit sad. And it's just so sort of finding commonality in strangers um, I find really helpful. Or like busy bars. I love writing in a bar. I also love glass of wine very useful that they both coincide um but yeah busy bars are great because you're like watching first dates or you're watching angry businessmen or you're watching tired but really happy um bartenders who want to be actors but are doing this or you know there's so much interesting stuff going on around you that you'd have to be a pretty lazy writer not to spark something or to be reminded or feel nostalgic over something when so many other people are having first moments. I'm, t- I'm totally with you. I, I, the, the, there are few greater pleasures in life than just people watching. People watching. Absolutely. I love it. I think I've said this on this podcast before, but jo, um, John Sullivan, the Only Fools and Horses creator, said that he would go to a greasy spooner and just sit with his ears open mm. because that's where you 
that's where you get the good stuff, yeah. isn't it? You know? It is. You can't, um, you just can't make up candor. <laughs> no, you can't. You really can't. And it's so, I've got a, it's one of the few things that I still write down other than keeping a diary is um, outrageous quotes that I've overheard people saying. I think, I can't wait to come back to that. I'm not easily shockable. I re- my wife and I were in a pub uh, and there was a table of girls talking about exactly the thing that you think they were talking about. And I was, yeah. is that, I said to my wife, is that, is that how you speak? And she was like, yes. Yes. I was like, fuck. Um, it's true. <laughs> I was, so in my in my mind, I don't, I don't I, I, it feels eggy now. In my mind, I was going to ask you to, if, you, if there was a, a poem you'd like to read. But if you don't want to, I don't mind. Um, pick I mean, one. What's that? Pick one. Well, I tell you, I picked a. I mean, this, this. So I loved score, hmm. and I read score, and I sat and I had a little moment, and then I reminisced on all the time. I mean, I was I was singing for twelve years, from yeah, ninety seven to two thousand and nine. Right, twelve years, and so when I read score, I was I was transported back to you know that frustration, that feeling. Is that? Do you mind? Thank you so thank you so Hello. much. Thank you. Please. So this it's is a pleasure. This is score from uh, the remarkable Validate Me from the even more remarkable Charlie Cox. So there you go. Thanks ever so thank much, you, Charlie. Angel. No. Oh, do you know what? This is fun. This is a, this is even a first for me because I don't think I've ever read this one out loud before. I won't stand for being tested. I'm not a pupil. I'm a friend, a lover. And even if you're testing upon which one of those I am, test yourself. Don't text me. Mate. Thanks. Top corner. One nil. Bloody true, isn't it, though? Like, oh, my God. Stop wasting my time. So good. Well, look, so, so everyone, I imagine everyone listening has already got keyboard burn from typing in uh, Amazon.co.uk. There are other websites available. I mean, I've revealed where I do my shopping. <laughs> I highly recommend uh, purchasing from Waterstones because it's got sprayed edges and extra poems in it. You're joking? Oh, yeah. That was, I mean, that was like we were doing an advertorial and I loved it. <laughs> that was great. My publicist is sat outside like, yes! <laughs> Get <Score>. in! <laughs> so, Val, let me... Now, um, is there anything else you would like to promote Plug. before... Yeah, before we go. <laughs> no. Are you sure? Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much. Well, um I can I honestly I cannot tell you how just delightful and wonderful you are and earnest and it's so rare um to have someone say nice things about you and for that to feel nice and not a bit smarmy. So thank you. Thanks very much. My, my I do get gently not teased but a a, a very close friend of mine does love my earnestness because <laughs> it's it's almost you no, know. but it's lovely. <laughs> More people could you know, do well to be more like you. Charlie, my God, my God, I tell you what, mate, I wish I was more like you. So uh, thank you so thank you so much for coming on and thank you for, thank uh, you. thanks for validating me. Bless you. Thanks love a lot. You. Cheers, Charlie. Can I love be you too. Now? We are now officially friends. Yes. <laughs> thanks a lot, Charlie. Not at all. Thank Take care. Much. Huge thanks to Charlie. As ever, if you've enjoyed it, please spread the word, retweet, share, tell your friends, five star review positive write-up you name it if you haven't enjoyed it just you know give it to yourself um again massive thanks to charlie um and uh, validate me is out now available from all good bookshops as charlie says 
a bit of bonus content if you go via Waterstones. We will see you again soon. Thank you so much as always. Drop me a line, podcast at balance.media. And sales is sales at balance.media. See you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.